BetStamp, the official sponsor of Heads Up Hockey and all things sports related. If you are of betting age in your local area, sign up for BetStamp and start getting the best odds to try and lean in your favor. And please be responsible. Thank you and have a great day. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Heads Up Hockey. This is Jersey Joe talking, and it is an interesting World Juniors thus far. And where do I start off with this? The odds are, wait for it, we have a new sponsor for the podcast. And as you all know, uh, sports betting is legal in the state of New Jersey and other states uh, that it is legal for so there is b-e-t-s-t-a-m-p and it is a sponsor of heads up hockey podcast so without further ado if you're into making prop bets or any other type of betting on sports whether it's hockey basketball football they pretty much got it and you can look at your live odds they're on the spot. So with that being said, the show starts off with the World Juniors. And one of the most interesting things was Switzerland had upset Finland. Yes, I did just say that. So over the years, the Finns have been a very hardcore hockey nation that produces a lot of really good hockey talent. Now, the problem is, is that Switzerland has been growing and you've seen it with the Nico Heischers, the Fialas, you've seen even the, the Nico Heischers and the Siegenthalers and the Yossis of the world start to grow. And as each generation of hockey players goes in and out of the national team at the U-20 level, you see these kids get drafted. You see these kids go on to become superstars, uh, keystone players, whatever you may think of them as, they go out and do their job. But bottom line is the growth of Finland, I mean, Switzerland's play has really made them a tough, hard-nosed team to beat. And Switzerland, just like who they truly are, like Pikeman, 
they go battle nose to nose, inch to inch. Every square inch, they win puck battles. They will score that timely goal. And Aku Koskin the opposing net minder for the Finns, had himself a harder game than he thought. So with that being said, the pool of hockey talent is getting better in Switzerland. And it seems like the Finnish batch this year is a little uh, out of sorts. However, I tend to think that the way that Finland is set up, it's not like they would have guys like a line over the years, or they would have someone other than Topias Vilen on defense, you know, playing defense and contributing a bit offensively. But Finland still has a few guys that can pack a punch, but it's not like they are the Swedes or the Americans or the Canadians where there's a lot of punch and, you know, jam. So really what I'm trying to say is that there's a growth in the youth level of the sport. So with that being said, there was another upset in the world juniors. And although I am an American, I will say this that the, over the past few years, Slovakia, a country that I visited, has been growing nonstop. And the thing that they do best is that they're starting to churn out really high-quality players at a higher rate in the past year. And even in the draft before that, guys like Martin Hromiak were considered to be the prize prospects of their draft classes. Uh, we had seen over the past decade guys like uh, Marion Gaberick, you know, live to be really good players in their uh, prime. And where am I going with this is that if you tend to look over – at some of the more interesting numbers. So one of the things I like to do is I like to use a little bit of hockey analytics uh, to back up some of these claims. And with that being said, you take a look at guys like uh, Shimon Nemetz. And for me, when I was watching him last year at this very tournament, I knew he was very good, and I didn't see him exactly being the most exciting player, but he was the most well-polished. And that being said, I looked at his numbers um, thanks to hockey prospecting, and he was rated the best statistical player by the advanced analytics and if there is a player that I think he is similar to from his country 
Uh, I would give it to Eric Chertanak, a player who's a right-handed defenseman. Yes, he, he's a bigger guy than Nemec by three inches and is 225 pounds. But Nemec is a six foot one, 192-pound right-handed defenseman. And the moment he is done with his time in the AHL and in the World Juniors with uh, Slovakia, he's going to be someone who comes in and does his job right at the NHL level. Yes, he's going to have to work on a few things. The Devils will not have to trade for another right-handed defenseman as long as he's here. Uh, I believe that if the Devils were to trade a guy like Damon Severson, the Devils can sleep well at night knowing that Nemec and Luke Hughes are coming in and you have guys that can create offense and create defense as well. And that being said, you have a little bit of uh, trust in your farm system. But back to Slovakia, they have a guy at center named Delubor Dvorsky. Yes, he's a center, but I look at him more so as a winger because he tends to shoot more. And if he plays on his uh, his left side, I think he'll be much stronger in the NHL level. And you look at that, he can definitely be some type of sniper on the, on the wing. It's very rare that you have a sniper at center. And any team that gets him is going to be in good luck and good shape. And the way I see it, you have to think of how he would pair on that team. Now, with the draft being so centered around Connor Bedard, you have guys like uh, Adam Fantilli. These guys are meant to be going in the top five of this year's NHL draft in 2023. However, there was a bit of a fuss about Fantilli and Bedard going after each other, talking about trying to score the lacrosse-style goals on Czechia. And they were given a loss because they weren't being team-centric. And Dylan Gunther, the Arizona Coyotes prospect, called out those players. And to me, when there is mutiny on the ship, as Shaggy Von Doom of Here in Puckburg podcast said, you know, when there's mutiny on the ship, things can go wrong. And something wrong did happen. So with that being said, you know, for me as someone who likes to look at the draft prospects and I read that about two top players and the way Connor Bedard behaves questions me a little bit like Shane Wright. Yeah. I did just compare the two guys. I know that 
Bedard is a far skilled player, very blessed with talent. However, if your cabeza is completely off, your personality is wrong, a team may not want to draft you right away. A team might skip you. Yeah, I understand some people will leave me comments later uh, after this podcast, and they'll go say, oh, Joe, guess what? He's going to go first overall pick. Uh, What happened to Shane Wright last year? Yeah, he didn't train in Europe during COVID when he could have. He didn't play enough, and he wasn't mature enough, apparently. Uh, I can see that now, but it wasn't revealed. But the way Yuri Slavkovsky uh, managed to talk to the Canadians of Montreal is more professional sounding and yeah i know this is not some sort of regular business interview but when you're a player you're 18 to be and you're going to get drafted by one of the 32 teams you know that this is your livelihood this is going to be a career and it's going to be something that is going to change your life for the better but if you're not going to behave in such a positive manner and become more let me say immature politely yeah it's gonna set you back um you're gonna have to learn from your mistakes i know that's a cliche but when it comes to player development you have to be mentally sounded and if you are a player that adapts perfectly with their brain. Like, I can see why the Devils chose Simon Nemec uh, for the second overall pick. A, his brain thinks the game very well. He plays the game smoothly, plays very intelligently, and the way he thinks the game out is very articulate and gets things done more effectively and the devils need that kind of player and the way he carries himself on and off the ice is more of a product of what the devils want and what do i mean by that people i mean he's the kind of guy that is a professional takes himself seriously in a positive manner in a professional manner. And the way I tend to look at it is that when teams look for players, not just at the world juniors, but also at the major junior level, at the pro level, they will look back at these players and think, gee, this guy plays very well, but this kid is a head case. And I will throw this out there. So if any of you did not see the Spit and Chicklets uh, episode with Brian Burke, give it a listen. But I will say this. I admire listening to Brian Burke on that podcast where he said, oh, well, the worst interview I ever had 
was Niall Yakupov. And why is that? Because he goes, you know, I'm going first overall. Why do you want to interview me at number five? And obviously it got to the point where Brian Burke said that one of his scouting directors wanted to strangle the guy because they just couldn't take him during the questioning. That's not me making up a story. I just told you that's from Chicklets. And I actually got to see the guys from Chicklets. Pretty interesting guys. But I'm not there to uh, incite anything. That was mentioned in that interview. And it was crazy to hear how some players and whatnot can behave in such a manner. So in this heads up hockey episode, you know, when I look at prospects, I always make sure that when they are interviewed, that you can rank certain guys lower or higher. And yeah, you have the occasional guy that does better than what they did in, you know, the draft war room where they get interviewed and definitely like I enjoy watching the world juniors because it brings me joy. And I like seeing all these young kids getting ready to do what they do best. And it's to see if they can defy the odds at winning the gold or the silver or the bronze. And the tournament itself is an interesting thing. And I know a lot of you people are talking about Shane, talk about Connor Bedard, but Adam Fantilli is doing a great job himself. And Fantilli plays with a couple of doubles players uh, in Luke Hughes and Ethan Edwards and Seamus Casey. And the guys that get all these younger players uh, playing, not at just at World Juniors, but in their own realm and proving that they're good enough or too good to be at a certain level. I think there are times where you have to promote certain players up a level because when I look at a player such as Nemec in his draft season, what he did right was he played in Slovakia's uh, higher pro league and he just looked very good and professional and he just carried himself very well and I know another concern is for Devils fans is to get a a guy who could be a little bit more of a finisher yeah Brock Besser's out there and the Devils could use a second or a third round pick and maybe leverage and the Devils could also maybe be changing coaches in the middle of the season where you have Andrew Burnett who ran the Florida Panthers into to being a president trophy team, but got bounced out of the playoffs the second round. I will say this though, if I were betting on history, I tend to believe that 
it would be Andrew Burnett taking over, and it would be the first and only uh, coaching change Tom Fitzgerald would make. But that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Um, do I think a team like Vancouver uh, moves a guy like JT Miller? That would be pretty hard to do. That contract's very substantial. And you look at the way the Devils fans want Quinn Hughes, it's going to be a lot. It's going to cost a lot. And you don't want to fork over your farm system just for one guy. But you have a good chance of getting guys like Muhammadul and Vilen up very soon, along with Luke Hughes. So the Devils can afford to uh, make a trade for a guy like a Brett Ritchie, who's a big, physical, Sasquatchy type guy who can play in the playoffs, just like he did with Calgary. And another guy that I like that happens to be from Calgary is from Slovakia, a guy named Adam Ruzicka. He's from Bratislava. He's a guy that can score goals, assists. He's not just some weakling. I will I will tell you some interesting facts from uh, hockey prospecting. So if you ever like to look at player tools, you really want to use this site. It's very cool. And I can't get enough of the site because of the way it's laid out. And so here we go. Adam Ruzicka. So, yeah, I'm doing this new format. It's it's a learning progress. All right, there we go. Adam Ruzicka, Brad Ritchie. So yeah, Rizichka is a developing guy. He's a four. He's a forward who's an RFA. He's six foot four, two hundred three pounds from Slovakia, and he's already close to twenty four years old. So he fits in that timeline for the Devils, and his uh, draft plus three year. So when he was in his D minus one. So the year before he was drafted in the Slovak U20 league, he was around a 16. And he outperformed Brett Ritchie's bell curve, 16 to 11. Rizicka in his draft year in the OHL was a little bit under Brett Ritchie's. However, you look at the draft plus one. Rizicka is seven basis points better than Brett Ritchie at a 28. And then slightly under five basis points at 30 versus 35 in his draft plus two versus Brett Ritchie's. And he was a 24 in his 
draft plus three in the AHL and just under 10 basis points versus Brett Ritchie. What do, why I'm, why am I throwing this out there? Why the Devils need a little bit more extra size since they lost Nathan Bastion. They need grit. They need some power. They need a guy who can also be a finisher. And Rizichka is that kind of guy where he can mix it up when he can. And Calgary and Seattle are tied two to two. And this is the battle of the, of the West. And you just can't stop, but enjoy what they're doing. And so I tend to think the Devils will look at a guy like him and not look back because if the Devils do make a move for a guy like that, you know, you have an RFA that you can retain and sign and maybe move on from a couple guys that underperform badly and definitely move forward with someone who can do a better job and protecting certain players and being a bit of a finisher. Maybe not the biggest finisher, but someone who can capitalize in such small manners. Now, the Devils know how to score, but they need to keep playing big, heavy hockey because when you get through the thick and thin of the playoff hunt, you get ready to make a push for the playoffs. You need a guy that's going to help you in those hard-nosed efforts. So with that being said, this is Jersey Joe. And thank you for listening uh, for this uh, recording. And I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle for you, good people, it's going to be at at Joe at Jersey Joe 11 underscore NJ I also have Instagram if you want but definitely follow me on Twitter I'm there writing for pucks and pitchforks and I'm a contributor on the double side but also like doing prospects so with that being said Thank you. Have a wonderful evening and enjoy the world juniors while you can. And let's enjoy some pucks.